your host, Flap. And today we have a fantastic show lined up for you. Very excited for today's show. Not only do we have some great topics like we always do, but we've got some fantastic panel members and a new guest to the show um, that we've not uh, had on the show before. So always exciting to have new people on the show. Um, but before we get into any of that, I just want to quickly run through some of the topics that we've got for tonight's show because um, very excited for these chat. Love to get you involved. We've got some great chat going on already. But um, So topic one, we thought we'd start off with talking about uh, Game Pass, the rumoured 23 million uh, subscribers to Game Pass and kind of what that means for Game Pass itself uh, and Microsoft and, uh, and a few things around that. Um, earlier in the week, we also had a, uh, a, a teased or a leaked document between Capcom and PlayStation, which outlined some very... Um, Surprising stipulations, shall we say, um, with regards some of the parity clauses and things like that. And we're going to be looking into that a little bit later. Um, and also we've got another topic that is a little bit left field is kind of now now the games consoles are, are, are as powerful as they are uh, and probably comparable to some pretty beefy PCs. Um, should we really be expecting as console gamers now to be able to adjust some of the finer settings so we can actually squeeze some more frames per second out of these games and adjust some graphical fidelity and things like that? So we'll be having a good discussion about all of that. But before we do any of that, let's introduce our fantastic panel for tonight. So excited to have you. We've had this lined up for over a week now. Um, let's go alphabetically. That's how Discord seems to line us all up. Assassin Looper, welcome to the show. Second time, I believe. Is that correct? Fantastic. No, not a problem. Well, you're you're a busy lady now. You're you're a regular panel member on the Fun Speculation Ultimate Podcast. How's that going? Hmm. Lady AF. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, we, we've obviously had Mav on a few times, quite early on, actually, in our, in our channel's kind of history. And on Pong Soul, um, Pong Soul was always in the chat. He always is in the chat, to be fair. And it took a long time before I kind of saw him on a, on a podcast. But my God, is his podcasting career taken off? Um, yeah, that's fantastic, no? Excellent. I think, I don't know if the guys in the chat can hear you. Chat, can you let us know we can't hear Assassin Looper? Oh, damn. I'm having so many problems tonight. Uh, right. Okay, let's see if I can get this sorted. Um, <clears throat> it's not going very well at all tonight, I've got to be honest. Um, uh, desktop audio. Let's have a look here. Um, Right. Is that any better? Here we go. That's better. Sorry. <laughs> you seem to be back in the room now, I believe. Is that correct? Can you talk? No, that doesn't seem to be working either. Um, okay. <laughs> 
This is an absolute nightmare. Um, okay, don't. Yeah. Uh, Pucks, can you talk? Yeah, no. No, we don't seem to be able to hear you either. Let's uh, let's see if I can go into Discord and get into. Um, let's have a look here. Let's try this. Is that better? Can you talk now? Hello. Hello. Oh, there we are. Chat, please let us know if you can hear us. <laughs> Let's see what comes up. No looper. Still no looper. Uh, that might be delayed. Hopefully we can hear you. I can see your levels popping up now. Chat, let us know if you can hear us. Uh, you probably need to talk, one of you. <laughs> Hello. Hello, chat, can you hear us? Hello, chat, please hear me. Yeah, please I've hear us. So please hear us. We have never had this problem Still before. Nothing. What's going on? No, we haven't. Although, hold on, but people are saying yes as well. Yes, right. sorted. Daz, Excellent. Da, my, my bro, Daz, says it's sorted. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what a mess that was at the beginning of the show. I do apologise. Well, let's just quickly do your introduction again. Assassin Looper. Um, okay. No, well, you give us the same answers. No, I really appreciate you being here. And to be honest, it was a little bit of a last-minute rush. Uh, to be fair to us, we we recently switched over to OBS, and it's it's a little bit fiddly. Um, Discord doesn't always play ball nicely, as we found out towards the towards the uh, end of going live or, or getting live. And um, yeah, so sorry, Looper. Just quickly tell us about um, you being on Math Show uh, and kind of how that came yeah. about, actually. Um, well, I've, I've been on a few shows around. Yours was the first, obviously. Oh, was disaster, it? Disaster, and, and then originally, yeah, yours was on I Messed Up On, remember? <laughs> I think that was partly our fault as well, to be fair. <laughs> and then um, uh, after that, I've been on uh, very a, a lot of podcasts, yeah, around and about. Uh, hmm. Stubbs Gaming, I was on Stubbs Cast on my own, which yes, was real fun, and... Um, also, uh, Retro Renegade, uh, lots of different podcasts. I can't obviously name them all right now. And uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun. Um, um, I always was in Mav's stream, always chatting in his stream. Mm. And um, and I knew uh, Pong Soul, obviously. And I also knew Psychonauts. They're good friends yeah. of mine. And um, when Mav started up the podcast, uh, it was him and his wife, Caitlin, who mm -hmm. are awesome people. And um, then uh, I believe it was 3-Bit, the VGHD. Yep. And he's a really nice chap too. And then uh, Pong and me, Psychonauts, and then Lady. And we're the Magnificent Seven. And you can catch us at 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. British summertime. <laughs> and... Um, on the Xbox Ultimate podcast, and we really do have some fun. We had uh, Rand on last week, and Noobs oh, yeah. and Pros from Twitch, uh, who were really great fun. And then last night, we did a um, Dead or Alive Code 6 tournament. Oh, fantastic. So we had some great fun there, and it was really good. And, well, we're, we're, we're you know, trying to... We're trying to line up a, a tournament ourselves, GPG versus yes. uh, fun speculation. So we'll have to try and get yeah. that going. That'll be pretty we know. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> we know. Exactly. We're prepared. We okay. Will be oh, fighting talk. <laughs> fighting talk. Excellent. <laughs> no, Excellent. I think uh, I think if it's if it's something like Halo, I'll wrap my hand in now. <laughs> 
but hopefully, it's something I can. Uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be Halo. I think we, I think we're no, a bit haloed out. We, we, we're haloed out. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah. to be something different. Really good one, actually. Sniper Elite Four, fantastic game. Yes, I like. Sniper I've Elite played Elite. all the Sniper Elites, and that's a really good game. Anyway, getting on, moving on to your other guests. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm really grateful to be here. It's been fantastic to be invited thank you so much and i'm really looking forward to the discussions yes thank you for being here well sorry everyone about all of this kerfuffle brand new to the show probably not the best start we could have had but please welcome to the show assemble thank you for being my friend i watched your channel very early on and i was always amazed at how low the sub count was at first considering the very <laughs> well no considering the very high quality production values that you were putting out and thankfully that's now starting to reverse quite quickly your channel's kind of exploding isn't it tell us a little bit about your hey. channel well thank you thanks for having me i've been excited because we've been talking for quite some time and we've been yeah. looking to get this uh get this going so i i am very excited i'm excited to be able to talk xbox with everybody um i've been on a giant xbox kick as of late so i'm excited with all the news and everything that uh that's going on but yeah it's it's been great i appreciate you the support and um you know the channel is growing uh what's i mean it's been it's just been fun to be able to dip my toe into into youtube as well as just focusing on gaming um going through mostly the daily news coverage and then even i'd say i say recently but in the last week or so just starting with streaming just a little bit and, and changing oh, okay. up the formula uh, slightly where you know going through more of the high level news pieces um and then trying to and then breaking it out as well so if i have a one hour stream on you know the latest xbox news for example you know then breaking them out into the segments and going that route which has been nice because i i really am noticing that i'm enjoying the live chat and talking to the community live um, it's a fantastic, yeah, yeah. and like today, as you will see the chat flowing, it's fantastic to have everyone in the chat. And I'm coming to you, chat, at some point, but let's finish up with the rest of the crew. But thank you for being assembled. Like I say, it's been a long time coming. Really looking forward to hear your take on some of these topics and, uh, yeah, seeing, seeing your channel continue to grow. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you. Um, Luke, well, that was a bit of a strange start to the show. Thank you for being here, my friend, part of the GPG crew. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> Um, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, very well. Uh, it's uh, those, those technical issues are always uh, always annoying, but I'm glad we're glad we've got them sorted now. Yeah, um, exactly. Yes, very well. Uh, it's been a really interesting week. Uh, I think news-wise, there's been some cool stuff, some interesting stuff that's come out, uh, and a great great panel today. Looking forward to to having Looper and and assemble on as well. So um, yeah, let's go. Fantastic, absolutely, Puxley again. Technical issues, but hopefully we've got them sorted now. But it was uh, there's an interface between Discord and OBS and and YouTube Studio and all kinds of things. And I'm still getting my my head around it. And you know what? This actually highlights just quite how simple and, and easy um, Streamyard actually is, and how it takes all of that pain away from you. But uh, oh well, we live and learn. So how are you, Puxley? How's things? Yeah, no, definitely. We're all getting there. So thanks to the chat as well for letting us know and keeping us updated. Very much appreciate it. Uh, and yes, I'm doing very well, thank you. It's uh, In terms of gaming this week, it's actually been quite interesting. I've actually been on another PlayStation binge because oh, nice. from mon well, Monday just gone, uh, PlayStation's Play at Home initiative released Horizon Zero Dawn for free for PS4 and PS5 mm. players. I'm playing on PS4. Um, and I thought I'd jump in, seeing as it's free, why not? I remember hearing really great things about it when it first came out. Never got around to, to playing it. And I've been having a really good time with it it's kind of similar to breath of the wild in a way and a few other kind of similar open worldy type games like valhalla and a few others 
Uh, I very much recommend it to those who have a PS4 or a PS5, and I think it's free to download forever. You don't need to be a PlayStation Plus subscriber or whatever it is. You can just download it for free and give it a go. Uh, I think it's until May 15th, I believe, or it's early May sometime, so you've got a, a good amount of time. But yeah, definitely, I recommend uh, people try it out. Yeah, I know a few people that actually haven't played that game and, and are currently trying, and they absolutely love it. So that's fantastic. But um, and as you may notice, we are unfortunately man down this evening. Um, Scott's not able to be with us, unfortunately. He's a little bit poorly at the moment, so we're sending him um, get well wishes, get well soon, Scott. Hopefully, you'll be back um, fit and fighting again very soon. Um, but uh, so we're five strong tonight. And chat, thank you very much, chat. Thank you for your understanding with the technical difficulties and stuff. Got some great names in there already. Uh, let's just do a quick roll call. Uh, Wakanda XNT, UK Dazarus, uh, Dragon Wolf, um, Boardman Gamer, The Usual Crew, uh, My Seco, Invader Gaming. Thank you all for being here. Absolutely brilliant. Well, let's crack on and we'll go in order. So we'll probably come to you first if that's ass uh, okay, assessing. But um, yeah, it was obviously... Um, I think it's fair to say it was rumoured earlier this week by Jess Corden that Game Pass has um, surpassed 23 million users, which is quite a, a, an incredible number. Um, uh, I, I don't know how long it will be before Microsoft sort of actually confirm this, but I think, you know, you looking at the trajectory of, of when they did last confirm it, it, 23 million kind of feels about right, but... Um, just wondering what your take on this. Why don't you think that number's actually higher, Looper? Because, you know, every podcast you've ever heard, you know, actually says, you know, it's such a fantastic value. It's it's the best thing to happen in gaming for a long time. And I know not everyone shares that view. But, but why do you think that number isn't actually higher at the moment? Do you think there's still an element of mistrust around Game Pass and, and, and what it's going to be and what it could sort of evolve into? I think um, that... 23 million is pretty good for your hardcore gamers and you're just above casual gamers. And I think that, yeah, there is a slight mistrust still about, not about Game Pass, but about all subscription-based okay. uh, movies as well. And and I think um, uh, music also, you know, I think that when the casual gamers start to realise that they can purchase a Series S and Game Pass for less than £270, they're going to be like, wow, I can actually get one for both the kids or for all mm. three kids. Or, you know, they're going to be surprised. And what you get for that value is outstanding. I mean, yes, you've got your people that will knock it and your people that will always be down about it and try and make you not like it. Um, it's who you listen to and who who you see um, also using it that you understand that it is the most amazing value for gaming ever. And, you know, you've got approximately 300 games to choose from. That's going to keep any child happy. <laughs> oh, and I think, and, and even teenagers and adults, you know, I think it's, um, it's a, fantastic value 23 million sounds about good i said it'd be 30 million before the holidays and i think it still will be 30 million before the holidays i, I think, think it's certainly on track for that isn't it it definitely and and i i have sons and 
two of my sons have turned to Xbox and turned away from PlayStation. Ooh. Not that that's an issue, but <laughs> they had to sell their PlayStations to afford an Xbox, and that's mm-hmm. fair enough. They both came to me and asked me, what the hell is this Game Pass? What's going on? I'm bored with PS. And I went, right, okay. Well, two hours later, after giving them all the information, <laughs> mm. they've uh, they've purchased Series S's for now, and... Um, they are in heaven. <laughs> so, so is it fair to so, say that you know is is the is the Game Pass message still not quite out there for everyone? Then, do you think? I don't think it's out there for everyone. No, I have friends who have children, and when they hear about it, they're like, "Oh my goodness!" And then they're like, "Well, I've got four children, three of whom play games. Oh my goodness, I need to go and sort this out." And they do. And it's cheaper in the long run than Nintendo, even. Because with Nintendo, you have to purchase the games at 60, 70 pounds, dollars, 50 pounds, whatever, you know. And so they've got at their fingertips all these games that keep their children happy. And then they can play in the evening when the children have gone to bed. So they're also, I mean, I must have told 20, 30 people, and all those people are now registered to game pass hmm. it's, it just seems a shame that you kind of have to word value. of mouth it yeah exactly but it's a shame I that you have to word of mouth some it. advertising yeah it needs yeah. advertising on the tv outside of gaming because gaming is what we all do so we see the news we look at the news we understand we get it yeah hmm. but then people like some of my friends, they're just, they work, they look after their home, they look after their children, you know, so, and as Daz says, he needs a race pass. <laughs> yeah, I, saw pass. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I completely agree. We definitely need a kart racer in there for sure. Um, but, you know, I think all this will come. And I think people's minds is going to be blown with what is coming to Game Pass and what will come to Game Pass. Well, that, I think people are going to be completely yeah. surprised. That, that's um, the sport but, for any Xbox fan, isn't it? Guessing what's coming next, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I, I've got so many people that come to me and ask me about it. They don't know about it. It's me telling them about it. Hmm. And I think that if it was in mainstream advertising other than mainly gaming advertising, I think you'll find, like, put it in the movies, put it in on billboards, put it on the TV, and I think you'll find an awful lot more people will join, especially, as I say, I think it's fantastic value for people with children. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've You know, I've got daughters that play on the Xbox and stuff, and like you say, you know, mm. just for that one fee, you know, they've got loads and, you know, many, many hours of entertainment. Um, Assemble, yeah. let's come to you. I mean, you know, I don't think Xbox... Well, I don't think... I think PlayStation's probably slightly better, but, you know, when it when it comes to pushing the adverts and stuff on the TV and billboards and stuff, mm. not so hot in the UK. What's it like stateside? Is that is that pretty good? Do you, you know, would you say the Game Pass message is out there in the States? I'd say the same as Lupa. I don't oh, really? I think that their mainstream advertising is not there. Um now I am one that is streaming content all the time from mm. Amazon and Netflix and so on, but yeah, regular TV advertisements, I'd say it's minimal. The only times we see Xbox ads would be for their main titles when they release Forza, Halo, Gears, things like that. I don't think that their messaging is out there v- very broadly i think that it is still within the 
you know, the niche of the hardcore early adopters, which is all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it's everywhere, but that's that can also be because we are all within this bubble <laughs> talking yeah, to yeah. each other about it. So we all consume it and consuming similar things. We we all have Game Pass, but there is like Lupa is saying, there's so many people out there that don't have it. Um, the other thing to note too is what's interesting is I, I so to your earlier question of do you feel that Game Pass is succeeding is it on its trajectory is it being successful or is the number too high or too low for where it is i think it's doing a incredible job because if i look at the xbox live numbers xbox live subscribers are you know life to date is around 100 million mm-hmm. xbox live users or people that are at least subscribing to the service maybe it's yeah. lapsed and they're still paying but you have 100 million people in the wild that have subscribed to a gaming service through xbox great so now we're at 20 million on the game pass side i think that if you're phil spencer and the team looking at this this is a huge success that 20 percent of your existing um subscriber base is also subscribing to this potentially or it's a combination of both but i would look at it and say we you know we're up to 20 uh, and they are easily going to hit that 30 and i think a lot of it too is we should look at when those subscribers of xbox live and gold laps and they finally make their way over to game pass i think it's a matter of time and i also think it was interesting i was on a podcast the other day and one point that came up that i thought it's inevitable but the when lupa is talking about family and you know the kids have a series s in the house they Mm. each have one there's multiple boxes the one thing that xbox hasn't launched yet which will spike their numbers in my opinion is getting a family plan for game pass because we are all, I think that a lot of us are worried that, you know, we don't want to see the price go up or it's inevitable that Game Pass can't be at this $15, $20 pound mark uh, for forever. Yeah. They can't sustain it. I think that once they launch a family offer of whatever, $39.99, $49.99, I don't know, but to offer multiple accounts all under one family like Apple does, uh, it's going to jump those numbers because they could be looking at it as more subscribers hmm. or how many are under a family plan and they're getting more revenue out of it. So I, I think it's great. I think that they're they're doing extremely well for a three-year-old service of any kind for a subscription model. It's not easy to get off the ground, is it, this kind of thing? And as we've discussed quite a few times on the show, you know, obviously Microsoft have the infrastructure to do it, but they also seem to have the, they certainly have the financial clout, but they seem to have the... Um, the inclination of, of what it constitutes a good deal and, and what will bring people to the service. I think they've done fantastic at kind of, um, you know, guessing what, what will bring people to the service, and it's fantastic to see. Um, Luke, you know, Assemble mentioned about, you know, the 100 uh, mil, uh, you know, Xbox Live subscribers, but obviously, you know, it's wider than just that. You know, we've got we've got PC uh, gamers that, that, that can buy into Game Pass. We've got uh, mobile at the moment in terms of Android um, widespread, obviously I know the iOS um, kind of rolled out this week, invite only, but, um, you know, do you think um, iOS and mobile gaming will will see a huge influx of new uh, Game Pass subscribers? Um, Maybe longer term. I don't see that right now because I think in that space, um, something like this is still quite niche. Um, Not only is it probably quite niche, but... I'm not sure how many use cases right now of people in that sphere want a service like this, which is obviously, you know, cloud-based, which is the main thing, right? 
Um, so uh, I, I think definitely subscriptions will increase from as as it rolls out to iOS and you know and, and word of mouth gets around on Android more. Um, PC is a difficult space in a way, which sounds odd, but you know PC gamers um, are more. You, you know, Steam just dominates digital um, kind of um, consumption of games on that platform. Uh, to the point where, you know, there are people that will not subscribe to anything like this because they'll just want to go through Steam because Steam's kind of become this kind of um, homogenized platform where if you game on PC, that's pretty much where you do, you do all of your gaming. Obviously, there's mm. there's, there's more places now. Um, but, you know, there's always, there's always annoyances, I think, on the PC side where you have to go to another, another platform uh, on PC to to get your game. So I think it's going to be a slower growing service there, although I'm sure it, it will do quite well. Um, so I, I think like in terms of that number, I think that's a really good number for a lot of reasons, but I think one of the biggest reasons that's a really good number um, is we've not really seen any of the big draws to that service hit yet. You know, by the time you have Halo coming out, mm, for example, yeah. you'll you'll see these weird. I imagine they're kind of they're kind of you know graphs and charts that you know analyze the data that comes in from you know concurrent subscriptions and stuff. Will look kind of you know tick shaped a lot of the time, or or kind of steady and then huge bumps because they will invariably that's going to happen as you know Halo comes in. You have a mass influx of subscribers, and maybe out of that you don't retain all of them, but you'll retain a significant proportion, and then you'll keep going until the next one. You know, say Starfield comes out as well, that will be another trigger, right? Mm. So uh, I think it's a really impressive number given all of that, and given also as as Looper and Assemble have rightly said. Um, Microsoft don't seem to be that concerned at the moment or that focused on advertising the, this to, you know, casuals en masse, even non-gamers, right? It's it's mostly just in the hardcore sphere hmm. that they're targeting at the moment. And and it's a similar kind of ish strategy to what Netflix did, where when Netflix came out, you know, it, it wasn't, or at least when it developed into the kind of service it is now, Um there wasn't a big mass. It was a very steady kind of increase of users as word of mouth got round and as people who were particularly interested in, you know, consuming uh, movies through a digital space um, kind of got into that. So um, the same thing's happening here, right? It's it's your hardcore base that you can easily say to them and they'll understand the concept almost immediately and be very, you know, happy that they can save a load of money on it. Uh, and then slowly they'll start kind of building it out hope well, i would hope anyway to you know your kind of tv ads you know your movie ads etc cetera, etc cetera. and as assemble said which is a very good point you know adding uh, kind of family subscription packages like you have on other services because that will entice even more people in um so um i, I think they should be really you know proud of of what they've done really from a from a you know from the ground level to get 23 million concurrent subscribers is, is is pretty impressive um especially considering they haven't had their big games hit right their huge triple a's hit that service yet you know to be in that position now is is really impressive Luke, now, so i think that just to piggyback off that too i think you're right where when halo i think kicks off the holiday season for xbox i yeah. think that that's where all the marketing will come in from xbox to just brand it and market it as brand new halo game on xbox game pass 
yeah. they will yeah. meld those two together so that they're completely intertwined. It will no longer ever be it's an Xbox game. It's a Game Pass title. How do I get yeah. Halo? Well, you pay a subscription for $15 and you have Halo. A general, like the chat is talking about, it's like it hasn't reached the general wide audience, casual gamers. I think yeah. that, but the more casual gamer knows and can identify Halo as a game and they yeah. can identify Halo with Xbox, they can connect that then when they just see a splash of only on Game Pass. Sorry, yeah, Flat, go ahead. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And to be honest, it does feel like they're holding back a little bit on the marketing because, you know, if, if you're laying, if you're chucking $7.5 billion down on the table for, for Bethesda and and God knows what other deals they've done behind the scenes, you know, to get Outriders and things like that. You know, this is big bucks stuff. Uh, and like you say, it does seem like they haven't pushed it yet, but, you know, perhaps they are waiting for it to land on iOS fully. Uh, and we'll come back to that, actually, the iOS. I, I had a chance to have a, a go on iOS. I don't own a an, an Apple product, but I know someone who does, and I was having a bit of a go on that. It's pretty cool, actually, how they've done it, and it's a bit cheeky. Um, it will be interesting to see if Apple allow it going forward, but that's a different topic. Um, yeah, so it does make you wonder wonder if they're kind of waiting a little bit before they have this real big push and perhaps halo and it all kind of coming together on ios and streaming in, in web browsers is, is the sort of big push you know the, the thing that they're waiting for but uh, pucks was you a little bit um, dubious of game pass at first because i've seen in the chat a little bit and perhaps we'll read out some of the chat while we're here that you know some of the chat kind of didn't know what it was and perhaps people are a little bit suspicious of it is that kind of where you were because you came sort of from playstation didn't you yeah, very similar. So I suppose just a a quick uh, back, very quick history. Yeah, last gen I was very much PS4. Uh, loved the platform. Uh, always enjoy watching the Xbox E3s. And I remember seeing Game Pass. I think it was the I think 2017, I believe, when they first announced Game Pass as a concept coming to console. Um, and it wasn't until uh, E3 of 2018 or 2019, whenever it was. I can't quite remember. Uh, 2018, sorry, when they announced that Game Pass was coming to PC. Um, it might be 2019, so I can't quite remember the year, but I just finished building my first gaming rig um, and just saw this being advertised, and I was a bit dubious, but fortunately, at least for me on PC, that's when it was uh, £1 for the first month, then it was three ninety nine, recurring all the way through the beta until, obviously, now, as of August last year, it then went up to the base price across all services of seven ninety nine. So all that time, I was... I thought, you know, it's cheap enough for me to at least give it a go. So at the time I was enjoying, I think it was Crackdown 3, Sea of Thieves, um, one of the Wolfenstein games, I believe. Uh, one of the older Doom titles, I think, was on there at the time. And, at the t you know, I was quite dubious as to, you know, is this actually, does this actually work how I think it works? How people are telling me it works. Like I really can just download and play games however much I want, when I want kind of thing. Hmm. And again, because it was cheap enough to enter on PC at, at that point in time, that's when I tried it out and I couldn't quite believe what was going on? I had about three or four games on the go at this point, and I hadn't paid a penny for them. At least at that point, I, I always saw it as how much does this cost me throughout the year? So, of course, $3.99, it was just short of 50 quid or whatever else. Hmm. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I've made my money back just by playing one and a half games, and I've already played about four. You know, if I was to buy these full price, of course, from a store. So that's that was when it kind of really hit for me, and that's when it really then stuck in. And it wasn't until uh, September... I think it was of that year when I tried out Ultimate, at least at the time, so I could try the Gears 5 uh, demo. Uh, Gears 5 early, sorry. Um, I did then go back to the, the base one for a period of time because Ultimate didn't have any benefits for as a PC gamer at that period. But then, you know, roll on 
when xCloud came out, I then subscribed to Ultimate at that point in time because I then knew that two months later when the uh, Series X and S was going to be released that I was going to try and get one. So by that point, I was already sold and I was very happy to try xCloud and happy to join Ultimate at that, that point in time. And yeah, so long story short, I should say, I mean, once I did step on and, you know, it then really sinks in that, holy cow, I'm really, I'm paying a relatively minimal cost to be playing all of these titles worth, you know, hundreds of pounds or dollars, uh, you know, as a total. So, yeah, that's what drew me in. I say once you do experience it, you then realize how great it is. But I can understand from a more casual standpoint that, you know, if you're just being told that it's the Netflix of gaming, I imagine a lot of people don't, it doesn't quite tell the full message, does it? I don't think, because it's quite easy to think of something like Netflix as you just consume and that's it. Whereas obviously with gaming, it, there's, there's more to it. You're, you're interacting with it. Things last longer. And of course, the biggest obviously selling point is that all first party titles are on their day one. You know, you don't have to ever buy these. <laughs> so that's what I think is the most amazing of all. And I think that's also what makes it more unbelievable to more casuals who maybe just can't quite grasp that, yes, you can play a brand new first party title day one. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And like I say, perhaps there's still some way to go then before Xbox actually get that full marketing out there. But, you know, I, th- I personally think getting it on iOS, it, it will be a big step forwards potentially. Um, is anyone... I so I was just going to add to that when you say about iOS, because I, I was actually lucky enough to get an invite to try out the Windows 10 uh, oh, nice. cloud gaming experience. And, I, and that's actually through the browser. It's not through the Xbox app or anything. Yeah. I just I could just do it through Chrome. Um, and it... it it performed very well, actually. I mean, I played the only game I tested at that time that I had time for was quite heavy. It was a GTA five, which I actually tried on my phone at first. And even then, even on a, on a good connection, I was getting a bit, you know, quite a lot of frame skip and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's just, you know, streaming so much, I guess. But, um, on PC, it did perform a lot better. There is a bit of input lag, but again, this it's a heavy game. So bearing in mind, obviously you've got the latency to the servers, processing it all and sending it back to you whereas um i've tried a few indie games as well and they they run absolutely fine like you could easily play smaller less timing critical titles through it and it's just mm. fantastic oh that's really cool i didn't know you had that invite yeah i i i got it on i think it was thursday evening or friday morning i got it so yeah, not very long at all so i'm probably gonna be trying out throughout the week so i, mm. I could definitely let everyone know how it all goes. Yeah, no, fantastic. Uh, where are we in the chat? I know there's been some chat coming. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I've got go quite a few this. things saved here. I'll start going through them. So first one I've got here is from uh, Matt Diet, who says, about the 23 million sub count for Game Pass, it annoys me uh, with the people on the PlayStation side claiming it's a cumulative number to throw shade, not understanding that it's concurrent members. Uh, what Conor Xbox News today, it's value for money, and with the current climate, it's amazing. The Game Pass message is still bad, as I still think Xbox need to work harder on advertising. Yeah. Uh, Pixel Slapper, when Halo drops, they'll advertise Game Pass a lot more, in my opinion. Uh, UK Dazarus says, yes, definitely uh, need advertising on TV for non-gaming educated parents. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what else have we got? You, I, I put this. I stored this one because I thought there's an interesting side to it. So UK Devs has also said that they should advertise on all the stupid soaps that people watch. Lol. And I found it's interesting because my partner watches like Korean dramas on Netflix. And for those who maybe don't know, like in in Korean dramas and stuff, they 
they throw out like advertisements as part of the show so it doesn't mm, stop yeah. like there's a really well done product placement uh-huh. <laughs> everywhere so i'm just wondering if you know a character could be solving a crime scene and then just see a game pass sticker on the right on the wall or something like that you know i think but it might be a long thing. time it might be a long time it, before you yeah, see game pass mentioned in eastenders <laughs> or something yeah uh, that'll be that'll be the day uh comment here from uh Bald Gamer, who says, I was always a PlayStation gamer and I knew Game Pass existed, but didn't know anything about it. My nephew showed me Game Pass and I instantly got rid of my PlayStation uh, PS4 Pro and got an Xbox One and signed up. Uh, Wakanda Xbox Two today again says, for someone like myself who games on console and PC, reads a lot and does not watch TV, they need to come up with a mass advertisement that reaches TV watchers to bus shelters uh, and other kind of sites. Uh, Ball my gamer again. Not only is it value for gaming, um, but if you don't have much spare income, it's a cheap way of playing and trying out games for a low cost. And I'm sure there are still uh, still pounds for a month just to try out. Uh, Conrad's was suited there again. I would say it's as bad as around 80% of casuals that do not know anything about Game Pass or don't have the facts. And last one here, again, from Ballman Gamer, who says, that was my issue. I just dismissed it until I was shown Game Pass. Being on Xbox from that day, this gen, I've picked up a Series X and I love it. Excellent. Well, that's good to know. In fact, Tavish Hill's just put in the um, comments that actually it's 22 million, not 23. I think Jez corrected himself. Fair point, but still an impressive number. What's one million between <laughs> Xbox games? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, no, Looper, let's Can come to you. Yeah, no, go on. Could I just jump in with something? Also, you don't ever have to pay for Game Pass like me. I've never no. paid for it apart from the original pound. Now, that's interesting you say that. So are you going through the reward system to, to get your, your Game Pass? Right. You, uh, they, they sometimes put a... Uh, um, at the moment, it's one, one pound... Uh, one Sorry, one month of Game Pass Ultimate for 12,000 points. Sometimes they bung in there a three month for 35, so it's mm. cheaper. But it's either 140,000 points a year or 144,000 points a year, and depending on which one you get at the time. But you can always pick up a month and hope the three month comes in a bit later on. Um, but um, yeah, that's what I do every year, and I never pay for a Game Pass Ultimate. So I've got PC, mobile, xCloud. And also Game Pass. I know a few others. I know Wakanda XNT. He, he, you know, he really gains the reward system. Is that something you you've yeah. ever dabbled in Assemble? I've uh, I've actually yeah I have actually looked at the rewards more and mm. more lately because I have been hearing the same thing where people are like, oh, I just use my rewards or build them up and get a month of Game Pass. So yeah, it's actually and the reward systems itself for what you need to do it's as simple some stuff is as simple and silly as just open up the browser or add an extension yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to get so many points just by doing silly little things but yeah it's it's a good incentive but again it's it's very hidden to a even people that are more in the know of it it's like oh i haven't tried that yet and it's on your console so it's not as discoverable or as pushed by xbox but you know, it's still, it's a great way. If you were like, I am trying to not have to pay for this thing, you can do it. Looper's right. You can totally do it. And that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? I mean, not only is it amazing, you can actually get it essentially for free. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. it's just like, if you want, there is a, a computer, like a, a web page that you can go to that does all of it for you. 
apart from I think the game quests. Oh, is there? Part. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head because just for a ten-minute break, just chilling, I don't mind doing it myself. Mm. But there is also um, uh, indie game will tell you that you can. I think it's shop something, shop two, something like that, that you can go and you can pick up for £17. Um, I think it's, I know that somebody else told me, uh, Psychonauts told me that you can get um, five months worth of 14 day codes from a company for like $5 or something. Wow. And there's also this one that Indy told me about that you go to and you can pick it up for £20 and you get, I think it's a month or two months, uh, three months, sorry, I can't remember what he said now because my brain doesn't withhold the information that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he, he did tell me. No, that's <laughs> so pretty fantastic. Ask Indy Gamer in the chat. He definitely knows somewhere. Yeah, I, I think that one is um, uh, you can buy a year subscription of EA Play. Uh, yeah, for the and then Xbox. You, that's yeah. it, and then you swap it. That's yeah, it. I and that. then if you redeem it, it automatically converts to uh, I think four months or three yeah. months of. I think it's four months. Four, actually. four months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of Game Pass. So is that, uh, is that a loophole they've accidentally left open? Do you think, or are they quite happy for that to be no, the case? No, yeah, they're happy. It says when you actually because oh, I've done this. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it says when you when you when you pick it up, it you know it tells you that. Um, your your play subscription on the on the Xbox itself on the store it tells you your play EA play subscription is going to be converted into X amount of months of Game Pass. Are so you happy to to do that? So it's all built in, and they know that's going on. And maybe yeah. they'll phase it out at some point, hmm. but for now it's. it's and UK Dazra says the rewards automator. I use it every day. The rewards automator. Okay. And well, Wakanda News says that it's um, my Aniba. Dot com. Yes, he's actually put a link in the chat. Wow. Okay, yeah. we'll definitely check there. It feels like so cheating, it, doesn't it? But it. yeah, it's it, not because uh, Xbox knows about it. Exactly, exactly. But it's still, feel, you know, not only is the best deal in gaming fantastically awesome, you can get it for nothing, and it's just, you know, you you can get it for just, you know, clicking the right link and and playing certain games, exactly. and it's. Yeah. Oh, Brilliant. Um, and Ms. the fact that you can buy those games at a discount. If there's yeah. a game that you really, really love, you then get 20% off or 10% off or 15% off. I mean, that's also awesome for people that want their physical copies or they want to own the game. Now, that's a good point, and I don't know the answer to this. Now. So this is um, on the screen now, Deliver Us the Moon. Fantastic game, absolutely recommend it. And unfortunately, I was supposed to be playing this last week. I can't remember what I was playing last week. Something cropped up. Actually, I think it was Ori and the Blind Forest I was playing last week. Um, uh, it's unfortunately left Game Pass now. Um, does that twenty percent discount still apply, or does that disappear once it's, it's left Game while Pass? It's in Game yeah. Pass. I did yeah, kind of I guess think that it's much. Only while it's yeah. in Game Pass. So that's cool. And, and just um, at the end of this video, I've got a couple of Tunic videos as well. So anyone that hasn't played the demo of Tunic, uh, oh. you haven't got long left actually. But uh, it's a great long? little game. I've I've been playing Hollow Knight and got lost in it and even nearly missed my own Xbox podcast. <laughs> I believe it's at the end of today. Might be tomorrow at the latest. Oh, I think it's PC on, only as well. I but, think it's tomorrow. Oh, it, end of tomorrow. Is it tomorrow. Oh, is it PC so. only? Yes, um, on Steam. Yes, it's oh, Steam well, at the I'm moment. But I um, wonder why I hadn't seen it on Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's quite encouraging because hopefully there might be a demo coming to Xbox. But uh, it, it, 
I can confirm it's a brilliant game. I think people will absolutely love it. What? It's one I've been waiting for desperately. <laughs> well, hopefully, how long have we got left on this video? We're about halfway through this one. Um, yeah, Tunic will pop up again. I can stick that back on. Um, chat, thank you very much. Fantastic chat tonight. It's always great to see so many familiar names and faces and even new names and faces in there as well. We've got a competition. Um, so we are, funny enough, talking about Game Pass, we are giving away one month's Game Pass Ultimate um, to one lucky person in the chat. If you're not in the chat, get involved in the chat now. One very simple question. We just need some numbers out of you. Um, we need you to guess what all of the panel's accumulative Game Pass uh, game score is. Um, so if you can put some numbers in there, whoever gets the closest, we will... Um, give you one month's worth of Game Pass Ultimate free. Um, thank you to Wakanda XNT for donating that to us as well. Absolutely fantastic. But um, get some guessing. So, yeah, our, all five of our combined gamer scores, let us know what you think it is. Whoever gets the closest gets uh, one month of Game Pass Ultimate. Brilliant. Okay, um, let's come to the panel again. Too long to start putting the Xbox on. I was going to say, I, I think Assemble might be the... Yeah, I suppose they might look him up. What's your gamer tag, Assemble? Or shouldn't we ask? They might go and do some scanning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go give them. Let's give them the next minute to do that. That's a good point. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just a minute. <laughs> um, PlayStation dropped some news this week as well, and I know I know some people were kind of sort of scoffing at it at first, but to me, it actually seemed like quite a good deal. They 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 announced they were going to do video pass. Now I know it's localized to Poland at the moment. Perhaps we'll come to you first with this one, Luke, if that's okay. Um, you know, to me, it seems like PlayStation actually playing to their strengths because obviously they've got a huge presence in the in the film industry, as we know. Um, and, and, you know, as people were saying, anything that adds value to PS Now is obviously a good thing. Um, what did you make of it? Uh, did you, do you think there's potentially a, a, a Disney Plus from Sony coming inbound that they will actually bundle with PS Plus? Or, or do, you, do you think that's just something that's going to be kept separate in the long run? Um, yeah, I I, uh, I think that. Um, so first of all, I, I quite like the idea. Um, mm. I think, as you say, anything that adds value to your existing subscription, you know, is is good by me. It doesn't necessarily matter what that is. Um, obviously, hopefully, it's something that you use, and I'd certainly use something like that. You know, I'd, I'd definitely reap some benefit from it. Um, I think uh, whether Sony themselves will do something like uh, Disney Plus, I don't know. I don't know if they quite have the gamut of content to be able to pull that off in the same way and to justify a like a full subscription for it. They certainly do have um, a, a pretty pretty hefty backlog of stuff, but whether they would do that, I don't know. Um, if they did, um, then yeah, I could absolutely see them, uh, you know, bundling that in with PS Plus um, because I think. I think at the moment, you know, if you if it doesn't look like Sony right this minute, or should I say PlayStation, are interested in doing a one-to-one -one equivalent to, to Game Pass. What I think they want to do for the time being is just add as much value as possible. Um, and you've seen that through uh, PS Plus, you know, with the free games, um, you know, some of which have been brand new releases. You've seen that through the video pass stuff, uh, PS Plus collection, all of that kind of ancillary auxiliary stuff around the ecosystem. Uh, and I think they, they, they will continue to do that. And 
they may at some point, you know, introduce some subscription where you get PS Now in it, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a as a kind of uh, a highest tier of of PS Plus. Um, and then and then we'll see. But I mean, you know, the 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 video pass stuff I really like. You know, it's it's um, you know, they do have some stuff that I'd be happy to have available where I could watch it over and over again and not pay for it. So um, yeah, but I, you know, I think it's pretty cool. I hope they bring it to more markets. Um, it's obviously not intended. You know, Jim Ryan's not sat there thinking this is our big Game Pass counter or or a big Game Pass equivalent or anything like that. But it's just a nice. A nice cool feature that 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 i'd make use of yeah that's that's an interesting point and to be honest i mean um you and pucks both have ps now i'm guessing so um you know you, you would be users and benefit you know benefit from that service pucks is that something you mm. think um would actually you know i'm guessing that it like you said luke you know they're not going to go toe-to-toe with microsoft on game pass i, I think they would abs- well i don't think they could if i'm honest i think they're slightly beyond that i know they've got some fantastic first party but um yeah, is that something you'd be you'd be interested in, Pucks? Do you think that actually adds value uh, to PS Now? Is that going to you know? I'm guessing it's not going to increase their numbers because of this, is it? Sorry, you're referring to having a video service on PS Now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, it's, I think definitely it's a good deal. Costs. I mean, I think anything like that which adds content for no extra cost, I think, is always a great um, addition to value for the consumer. Um, I just don't know. Is it on PS Now or PS Plus? I thought it was on PS Plus, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry, PS Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, again, it definitely adds value um, for those that do love watching, you know, that kind of media on it on their console. Um, for me, not so much. I mean, I don't actually subscribe to PlayStation now because I don't really oh. play multiplayer much on on okay. games. Um, I do uh, PlayStation Plus. Sorry, I do dabble in PlayStation now, um, time okay. and again, just to maybe play some PS3 games, only for like maybe like a month's worth. I don't, I don't subscribe every month for anything like that, but I've dabbled in it. But um. It, yeah, it definitely adds value, but I just don't know if there's many people playing a PlayStation who are going to turn on a PlayStation for the sole purpose of watching media. Um, I only say that, though, because at least from my perspective, I'm aware that there's also a lot of people in the world that own you know, Amazon Prime subscriptions, mm. Netflix, uh, in the, some places like the States where they have extra services like Hulu and a number of others as well, which obviously we don't have here. Um, I'm just not, I just feel like it's almost a competition, but at the same time, on the other side of the coin, there are, of course, a number of uh, younger players who, you know, have a PlayStation 4 or 5 in their bedrooms who don't have or don't have the money to pay for, you know, any extra services because, you know, kids don't really, well, younger kids obviously don't work and can't earn money easily to, to support it, as we all know. Um, so it definitely has value and content. I just don't know if it's as big a deal as what maybe uh, people were maybe expecting. But then at the same time, I do kind of see this as, a starting point for what PlayStation have to offer. Have to offer, you know, Sony owning uh, their own movies division. So you know, as we all know, I think they've got a lot of content there ready to put on the service. You know, I think, and they can get a lot of value added very quickly to the service just looking at the back catalogue of of Sony films which have been created. Mm. Yeah, no, completely, and it's all value add, isn't it? Like you say, it's, it's, I, I'm guessing it's not going to drag in loads of extra subscribers, but you know, it, it might help to keep some of the ones that are already currently there, and like you say, just bolster that service. But it comes a little bit of a surprise, but it does seem like Sony plan to their strengths, like you say, in the film division and stuff. So that's all pretty cool. Well, wow, we we kind of had a bit of a round table on that one. Uh, really grateful for that. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, correction. You get 22 uh, million user base for Game Pass, but still a fantastic number. Um, 
Yeah, it's really interesting to see where it's going to go in the future. But uh, with that, let's uh, let's move on to topic two. Actually, before we do, we actually have a winner. Um, and the combined score that we actually have as a panel is... Oh, hang on, where's it gone? Three, 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 four, five, oh. So 333,450 UK Dazrus. Well done, my friend. I will ping you the code after the show. Uh, check your DMs on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's our combined gamer score. We used to do it... Um, we say how many subs we had, didn't we? Whoever posted that, uh, that number in the chat actually won. But uh, yeah, we're up to nearly 800 subs now. So um, that's pretty cool. Let's, uh, let's move on to topic two then. So, and we'll come to you last, if you don't mind, Luke, for obvious reasons. But, um, and we'll come to you first, perhaps, Assassin. Um, so earlier in the week, there was a, a leaked document, um, a seemingly leaked document between Capcom and PlayStation, which outlined some stipulations of the exclusivity deal that they have with Resident Evil Village. And I know it threw up a, a frenzy on Twitter about you know, unfair uh, sort of and dirty tactics and things like that. Um, now, Luke is um, a legal expert, shall we say, or professional at the very least, and, and will be able to assist us with with how these sort of documents are, tend to be written. But um, what was your initial impression impression when that first landed? Was it one of surprise and sort of um, disgust at Sony, I guess, at first, or or was it sort of a practice that you thought kind of happened anyway? No, it's, I think that's disgusting. To eliminate gamers, certain gamers from a game, but using money to me is just disgraceful and I don't like it. Um, having talked about this on a couple of other podcasts, mm. you know, it's seven pages of intricate stuff and I can't see that somebody would have taken the time to forge that, <laughs> to make it a, a fake so that everybody gets all upset. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I seriously think it's probably true. And where Sony were cleverer than Capcom is that seven year bit mm -hmm. in there. And I'm just, uh, I'm just appalled, actually, actually appalled. They keep Spider-Man away from Xbox gamers that basically, along with the bad things that went on with Avengers, it basically dunked it. And because they're losing immediately half of the gamers, say, in the world that won't play because they can't play a Spider-Man. But, uh, yeah, but I guess, I guess Microsoft, could, Microsoft could be accused of the same with the Bethesda deal as well, I guess, though, couldn't they? Uh, no, I don't think so, because Xbox are going to honour what is already on PlayStation, what PlayStation mm. guys play. They're going to honour that. They're not going to limit it. They're, they're only going to release the new stuff on Xbox, which, to be honest, as a business, and this is where a lot of people go wrong, it is a business. At foremost, it's a business. They have to make money. So that sort of thing where they've paid out that kind of money, of course they're going to stay on Xbox, the new games. But like Elder Scrolls and stuff like that, that's and the Fallout that's already... On the other consoles, they will they they will honour that. There's a complete difference to completely cutting out half of your consumer base. Hmm, that's an interesting point. Now, assemble you you know you're into your Marvel superheroes in a big way. <laughs> what, what's your take on on Spider-Man only appearing on on PlayStation? Is it you know does that seem unfair or does that seem like a business deal? Or, you know, on on behalf of Sony and PlayStation. 
Yeah, I think it is a so it's a business deal. I don't like it because I have both consoles myself, mm. and I went on the Sony side for Marvel's Avengers because I, you know, one of the reasons would have been well, I'm I eventually I can get Spider Man. No idea if that is ever going to actually happen, but mm. um, it's not good practice. We don't like it as gamers because we want to be able to play on. We feel like we have the right or should be able to play on whichever console we want. Um, for a game, if it's Resident Evil or have Spider-Man not be an exclusive, but we've had timed exclusives before. This doesn't seem, as Lupa's saying, this does not seem like good practice. Um, at the same time, the only thing I would throw out is while Resident Evil is a very large franchise, I don't think that this, not everybody plays Resident Evil. I, I kind of look at it almost like this isn't, it's massive, yes, it is, mm, but it's yeah, yeah. not a Call of Duty um, where they're saying our next Call of Duty game is only on PlayStation. I don't know. I think that fans of the franchise are going to be very, very upset because they say, well, I am on this one console, this one platform, now I can't play it. Um, it is a poor tactic that way, mm. and it doesn't seem like it is something they wanted to get out. Um, and like Lupa said, it's like, eh, it just seems more like shady practice. So I'm not a fan of it by any means i understand that sony maybe feels that they need to do some agreements and timed exclusives while i don't like them at least they're timed where it is going to be either exclusive dlc or it's going to be two three months six months on the platform i worry though that it does if this is all true i worry what it means to just future franchises that sony or xbox comes in to say we want it for six months we want it for a year or we just want it completely and xbox going the other route and to lupa's point it's not that with the bethesda acquisition that's them working together and it's a it's a it's a celebrated uh partnership for them for years to put out their games versus this is under the table or not under the table but you know it's it's not it's not presented to the public um, so I worry what it would mean for future franchises, future titles, if we look at something like Marvel versus Capcom, yeah, uh, yeah. Street Fighter, that are that are very heavily, you know, associated with PlayStation for mm -hmm. the fighting games. Devil May Cry. I would worry that it would slowly turn into, well, no, we don't we don't have a deal with, you know, the studio to or the developer to say all the titles are exclusive to Sony. Oh, no, we're not saying that. But what if it is a pick and choose? It's a Resident Evil, a Devil May Cry, a Marvel versus Capcom. Big, big titles from Capcom specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. And like you say, I, I do agree that, you know, some of the Capcom titles, particularly Resident Evil, I, I the first time I played Resident Evil was on a PlayStation. So to me, Resident Evil and PlayStation kind of go hand in hand, but that doesn't necessarily mean to say that has to be the case, I guess. So, so that, you know, there are, you know, in, in my psyche, you know, PlayStation is aligned to a certain amount of these games. But um, like you say, um, there's absolutely no reason why it can't come to, and shouldn't come to any other platform. There's been some good chat about this as well, actually. So hopefully we'll come to that in a bit with Pucks. But uh, Pucks, before we come to you luke if you don't mind pucks um was you quite surprised by this by this leaked document was it something that you kind of realized may have happened in between the platform holders um and does it seem a little out of hand to you yeah i don't share the same mindset i'm afraid um okay. i so i think early in the week when all the commotion was going on on twitter and all this stuff was being tweeted and reposted on on different news sites i i i managed to find one of the tweets where the documents were and i had a read through and I mean, it it could definitely read 
at least when you see all the legal jargon on these documents, uh, it can definitely read as though it sounds pretty shady and bad. But from my, I mean, I'm no legal expert. I'll put that straight. But from my perspective, at least when I'm reading this, I it doesn't sound like anything out of the ordinary to me personally, um, because it's easy to look at this. I think that, you know a lot of people are quick to jump on that. You know, our PlayStation or Sony are are paying money to have it not be on Xbox. And I think there were some cases where they said that there'll be no technical differences between the two. Um, and I think a lot of people interpreted that to mean that the Series X version is going to be, or it's going to be restricted compared to the PS5 when, I would argue, you know, that's not what that means, I would argue. I mean, comments like that really mean that, you know, the PlayStation version shall be no lesser than the previous, not necessarily that the others cannot be better. And I think there's yeah, a, there's a strict yeah. difference, I would argue, between those two statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, I think the other thing to really point out, at least from how I how I see it, is you know, Xbox are going to have done exactly the same thing with you know with the with the acquisitions with Bethesda, for example. I appreciate that you know they've now um, acquired them and then that's now under a different. Well, obviously they so they have full ownership, so of course they can now do whatever they want with them. Um, but I would argue, prop coming up to the acquisitions, uh, up to when it was finalised, rather, you know. I can bet you're sweet A, so to speak, that there was all sorts of these similar contracts being written up and signed. And I I can only imagine the wording would have been relatively similar um, to say that, you know, once acquisitions completed, these games will not be presented onto other platforms, so to speak, you know, or, you know, as and where necessary. We already know that things that were on a case-by-case basis. Um, So, yeah, long story short, again, I I think it was more maybe news outlets and stuff maybe reading a bit more into it than than anything that's strictly being wrong. And I'd argue that more of it was just legal jargon as opposed to Sony's being bad because kind of thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and legal jargon, uh, it's quite strange, isn't it, legal jargon? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, and we'll come to you now if that's okay. You know, Legal jargon for, for the legal experts has a very specific meaning and, and an understanding, but but for the lay person, it can actually be read and interpreted in quite a different way and, and normally wrong, I guess. Um, so, Luke, you know, uh, we, we had a bit of a chat on the private chat about this, and you were saying, well, actually, you don't think that's probably too far out of bed with what most exclus- exclusivity deals actually look like and what it is they're stipulating mm. um you know th- th- there was a couple of angles that people were running with wasn't it around the the parity between the systems and also that it couldn't come to a, another um streaming service so I, I can't quite remember if they actually i think they actually na- named game pass uh, explicitly didn't yeah. they um do you think this is quite a, a normal practice then that microsoft would kind of do as well or uh yeah Almost certainly. Uh, I think it's one of those things that um, it, th- there's different angles to it, and I think you can be upset at some elements in a in a fair way, um, okay. depending on your point of view. But, on this specific uh, deal or in general? On uh, In general, uh, mm-hmm. kind of on this specific deal as well, but this is more endemic to deals like this. So I think the thing that people have to remember and it's an important one, and I don't know why people seem to overlook this, is Sony and Capcom negotiated this deal. And unless, unless we can't vouch for the veracity of the document, right, whether it's true or not. It looks, mm. it certainly looks like it, 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 it's a real document. So I, let's just assume it is. But okay. Sony and Capcom negotiated this document. So any outrage that people have to Sony of its content can equally be put to Capcom because it's not, it's not you know, this is a it's a commercial arms length deal, right? So mm. they're agreeing to do these things 
um, for an exchange of, in Sony's case, some exclusivity, and in Capcom's case, they get some money. So, so that's that's an element I think people really overlook. And there's a, a fanboy slant sometimes I think people come at because they just read Sony, and all of a sudden, oh, it's well, you know, Sony are awful. And you may think Sony are awful, but this type of deal is something that um, Microsoft do, Nintendo do, Sony do, etc. All sorts of publishers will do something like this. So there's that element. I think you can justifiably be annoyed because this depends on your your general kind of view of these things. Things like time DLC, right, exclusivity, or um, time demo exclusivity, all of which that this, this deal in particular contains. So I, you know, that that's not necessarily something Sony specific. But I think everybody has a view on that, right? Whether they like those practices or not. And personally, you know, time DLC, I don't really, I don't really like it, right? So, you know, it's not something that I'm particularly kind of like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. You know, I'd prefer if you didn't have those things because it is annoying sometimes where, if it, you know, it's DLC that comes out for a game you love and it's timed on another platform. But that's Sony being a business and looking after, they're trying to look after in, in their own way there their PlayStation base, right? To to give them some extra value for being on that platform. Um if you don't think that Microsoft do this thing with their marketing deal marketing deals, you're quite naive. And the the bits that I got frustrated by the reactions to were things like um people keeping it off people talking about, oh, you know, this keeps it off Game Pass, this is X, Y, and Z. Um and I kind of look at that and go that, that Sorry, seemed like a ahead. new. Well, that seemed like a new twist to me. I mean, is that something that's going to be in every kind of exclusivity deal going forwards? Well, I suppose. Let me ask you the question: Do you think that in the deals that Microsoft have with you know various indie developers and and Square Enix for Outriders and all of this stuff, do you not think that they also have a clause that says you can't bring it to a subscription services within a well, defined period of time? Uh, because they I, most certainly do. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree, but I would also perhaps argue that Microsoft may not feel threatened by PlayStation subscription service at this moment in time, and so the stipulation for that might not be quite as um, uh, <laughs> at the forefront of their mind, perhaps, as it is the other way around. The stipulation, though, in, in that agreement was effectively that Sony would have a one-year period with Capcom to negotiate the game coming to one of their subscription services, and that after that point, um, it, it was essentially free game, right? So it was just a, it was just a year. And I think the really important point with something like Resident Evil is it was never going to come to Game Pass day one or probably within the first six months ever anyway. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's an established, hugely successful franchise that will have a lot of you know sales day one, it's not something like Outriders, which is a new IP, right? Which is Square Enix no doubt looked at that and thought, this is a bit risky. Let's try and recoup some costs in any way we can. Oh, Game Pass is here. Microsoft are, are giving us a lot of money to do this. Like, this is a good idea. That's totally, I would imagine, a really great idea for a game like Outriders. It's not necessarily a good thing for Resident Evil. Hmm. So, whereas if if Capcom, uh, uh, you know, are given a chunk of money for Sony and all Sony are saying is, one, you advertise, you know, if you're advertising the game, it's it's in kind of, uh, it's synonymous with PlayStation. And two, we have some exclusivity around, you know, demos and DLC and that sort of stuff for a, for a brief period of time. Um, I think it's a no-brainer, surely, that Capcom would choose that and go, yeah, that's probably the better deal for us right now. We're, we're pretty confident in how Village is going to do at launch. Um, so, you know, 
those kind of those kind of deals are endemic to the gaming industry whether it's a you know an exclusivity deal based on marketing like this one is and then there's some kind of added elements to it it's not and, and it's not sony i don't think feeling threatened by game pass because it names any subscription service it's just sony trying to make sure that okay mm. if this ever does you know in the next year if this comes to something or capcom want it to come to something that's not playstation now for example um they can't because we're going to ne- try and negotiate between us that it comes to ps now first and mm. if we can't do that and if we can't come to a commercially sensible that that's what it's that's what's going to happen then after a year Go nuts, Capcom. You can put it. You can negotiate whatever you want, right? Because at that point, it's a year later after the game. So what does Sony care? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I guess the big one and the big uh, frustrating element that was and, and Pucks touched on it was this technical parity thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's really frustrating because I, I, to some extent, I get how people just look at that on paper and then go, "Well, it means X," but it's it's always more complicated than that because. It's a legal document, right? And and the thing about the parity clause is that it effectively says that, you know, the PlayStation version has to have parity with other platforms. And then importantly, and the bit that people miss, uh, or that deliberately ignore, depending on your viewpoint, is uh, right after it, it says, um, subject to material platform limitations, which is effectively them saying exactly as Puck said, First of all, you can't make the PlayStation game, you know, out of technical lockstep with other versions. And by that, they mean, you know, broadly speaking, it can't be dreadful by comparison, right? It can't fail to run or it can't, you know, run in a poor way. Mm. But also the the subject to material platform limitations is specifically there, specifically put in so that if by chance, you know, the series x can do a higher resolution or 120 fps and the playstation 5 just cannot do that that capcom aren't beholden to that contract to be like well we're not going to do that in the xbox version because mm. they're not they can just say your platform can't do it we try to optimize and then and sony go okay fair play you know fair enough um that's the whole reason and i think um Zuge, uh who's on twitter uh you know is a uh, Daniel Ackerman, who is a gaming analyst, you know, he he posted um, uh, an Xbox licensing agreement uh, or publishing yeah, agreement, yeah, which yeah. had very similar parity language. It was it was very very similar to to the to the document. So it's 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 clearly a standard clause in those sorts of deals. Um, I just find the whole reaction to it so overblown and so overproportionate to to what it is, and it's it's frustrating because I get that you know people. You know, Sony's in about a bit of a bad news cycle at the moment, so a lot of stuff that's picked up on is picked up on in a negative way, and some, and usually, you know, or sometimes for for fair reason. But this isn't one of them. Just, I just find the reaction a bit ridiculous. But, but there we go. Yeah, no, that's fair me. point. And like you say, I think you know, I think Sony's trying to, you know, they've actually come out and been vocal, and I think they're trying to turn the whole sort of news narrative around slowly, and that that's a good thing. Um, and also, you know, there's already an exclusive that. Um, not not an exclusive, but uh, a gaming deal that they that PlayStation have, where the Xbox version does outperform, and that's Call of Duty. You know, it's it's had 120 yep. frames per second mode for a long time. So you would have thought, as part of the Call of Duty exclusivity deal, that would have been, you know, the parity comment would have been in there as well, and it's already been proved to to not be the case. I'm guessing, so that's quite hopeful as well that the parity yeah, thing I- doesn't actually exist how you might think it does. Yeah, and also. It- <laughs> I find it 
sometimes a bit funny that people say, oh, well, it's holding the Series X version back when, when like, I mean, notwithstanding all of the stuff that I've just said, but the, the Series X version runs 4K60 with RT mm. for Resident Evil Village, as does the PS5. Where do people expect it to go? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what do people expect the yeah. Series X version to be? You know, yeah. but it's not it's not going to be anything more than that. So, you know, and and that's that's if you read it in that particular way, which is fundamentally wrong. So, yeah, it's an interesting. No, that's one. true. I, I guess there are some graphical settings that could change. And to be honest, you tend to find that they they push the Series X a little harder on the graphical settings and actually sacrifice a little bit of um, frames per second. You, you tend to find yeah. some of the PlayStation Five games actually potentially perform better frames per second wise but they do have slightly less graphical you know shadows or whatever yeah or whatever it is or but, like that, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, no it's an interesting point and i'm pleased we've discussed it as a panel and i really appreciate everyone's input and opinions on this because um it was one that came out of the blue and i'm just like you Lupa. i was kind of i wouldn't say outraged but i was very disappointed to see that this kind of practice goes on but i guess perhaps scratching belief beneath the surface that actually it might not be quite what it was on this occasion but I, but I am a little I guess you know I, I didn't appreciate the fact that you know it was being tied up and couldn't come to other services that's that seemed a little unfair I, I know I know um, not much love is lost in, in business but yeah it, it's an interesting take on that and like I say perhaps when PlayStation and, and PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now is a service that can even try and compete with with Game Pass and stuff. Perhaps that's something that will become more and more prevalent, where these big games just exist on one service and not the other. But um, we're not there yet, I guess. Um, excellent. Well, that's topic two done. Thank you very much. Thank you, chat. It's been fantastic. I've got, I've got a number of comments. If you don't mind me. Oh reading yeah, these go out. on. Yeah, go on. Uh, quite a few things have been said about this. So um, I'll start from the top. So Boardman Gamer first. Uh, doesn't matter what Sony does to try and compete with Game Pass. They will never do the one thing that will compete, and that's day and date first-party games on the service. I think this is in relation to PlayStation Now or, or equivalent. Uh, Tavish Hill says, I think the difference between the platform holders going forward is that Microsoft will pay for day one Game Pass launches, while Sony will pay for timed exclusives. Sony's, uh, Sony's approach looks dirty in comparison. Uh, Ballman Gamer again. Do you think the reason Sony can get good exclusive deals on Spider-Man is because Sony own the movie rights and Marvel are playing ball so they can let him be used in the MCU? That's a question to the panel. Assemble? Uh, <laughs> Luke, what do you reckon? Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think so, actually. I think maybe that one was just something where Sony had a great idea for it. Uh, you know, they had a developer in Insomniac that they thought could make a good Spider-Man game, and they just they just went Disney. We've got this idea. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, they, I mean, I guess it's possible they could have hardballed the movie rights. Um, you know, as that was going on to get a game version, but I just, I don't know. I don't. I, I just, I feel like we would have heard something specific, some credible insider talk about that if that was the case. But mm. you know, and maybe there is one. I, I'm not sure, but um, but no, I think maybe that was just um, because the reason I say that specifically is because um, Marvel Games themselves have talked about how the deal came to fruition. It seemed like you know they were going out to different parties that they thought could could produce good marvel games not just mm. spider-man but good marvel games and and one of the best kind of pitches they heard were from sony and, and insomniac so uh and then it just obviously snowballed from there where sony probably said okay we'll make it 
you know, we'll publish it, um, but um, we want exclusivity for, well, we think probably free full games. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say they've done a fantastic job with the franchise. <laughs> yeah, they've done, they've done very well. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Pucks. That's all right. Uh, I'll carry on. Where do I get to? So, yep, yeah, uh, Tukan Gula has said, it's funny how the usual suspects IGN and all won't comment about some of these anti-consumer practices by Sony. I wonder if they'd keep silent if Microsoft splashed out the cash to lock down an IP. Um, I understand that it's business and all. I don't think they want to provoke Microsoft into an IP war because we all know we all know who would win. Uh, Bournemouth Game again says, there's so much to play and that is coming out cross-platform and exclusive to Xbox. I don't mind timed Sony exclusives as it will probably take me a year before I get around to it anyway. Lol. Um, Matt Diet has said for four to five years Capcom, Capcom slash PlayStation had a falling out during the Nintendo GameCube and Wii era um, where some ex- uh, Resident Evil games were exclusive to those Nintendo platforms oh, I don't remember that uh, I think Resident Evil 4 had a limited start I believe on the mm. GameCube on if Game I remember Cube. correctly yeah that's wow. right um, too, I don't know if that was done again by the way but I know Resident <laughs> Evil 4 was uh, mainly on GameCube yeah. Uh, Gula, oh, I actually hope Microsoft fights back. Maybe pay for clauses to not necessarily lock IPs down, but more to make sure they can come on board Game Pass. Uh, Ball my gamer, I'd love to see the contract for Final Fantasy VII remake. The year exclusive deal is up, yet still no mention of an Xbox version being released. Hmm, uh, that's my opinion. I mean, none of us know anything, but I'd like to think that something's happening in the in the background. Yeah. Uh, regarding that particular title, I'd love to play it. I have got a PS4, I know, but if I if I know that it's coming to Series X, I'd rather wait just for that obviously better performance. Um, but I'd like to see Final Fantasy VII on Xbox personally, but only time will tell. Um, Gooder again, I also hope devs drop these platform parity clauses too. Consumers shouldn't suffer because one platform lacks in a certain area. Let's get the best version of third-party software on each respective hardware. Uh, Matt Diet. The, only, uh, the thing that gets me is that this was only a marketing rights deal, not an exclusivity deal. No money was exchanged for marketing rights, where exclusivity money does change hands. Uh, Bullman Gamer, I'd have thought Sony may have put Resident Evil 8 on PS now to pull players onto the service. Uh, if not, putting their own first-party games on PS now, why not put high-profile third-party games, take the loss to build up the service? Uh, well, I know they recently put on uh, Borderlands 3 and avengers um on the ps now but then that also got some backlash because they were only the ps4 titles not ps5 so i know there was a number of uh, a, bit, a bit of commotion online regarding that but i just don't think Sony have the ps now subscriber numbers to warrant using it enough or utilizing it enough in the in its current form i can only imagine they're trying to almost transform or reinvigorate it into something new for the ps5 i mean that's my very quick opinion on that but um that's it for the comments so far. Yeah. Okay. Now that's cool. I've got a question for you, actually, Looper. Is there is there a PlayStation IP that would um, that, that you know that you would consider buying a PlayStation Five for? What what is there is there a particular IP that you think I, I really wish that was on Xbox? And there's a lot. Yeah. What? what pick one. <laughs> I, what, what, what would be the one? To, to have a PS, but it's the time I've got mm. so much on Game Pass now. Mm. But yeah, God of War. It's okay. one of the best games ever made Mm. um i've been wanting to play it since the four horsemen of the apocalypse time (laughs) and there's uncharted of course and then there's horizon zero dawn had to pick one it would have to be god of war 
I'm a big Uncharted fan, but, but yeah, even I would pick God of War to be honest. Assemble, what, what's Unchar- your? But Uncharted is so similar to Tomb Raider. It is still something. Basically, it swapped out a guy, a woman for a guy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a fair comment, and, and I, I like the storylines and stuff, and, and I think Drake's yeah. quite a likable character. I like, I like all that, but that's my bag anyway. I love all of that sort of three D yeah. platform I love, puzzling. Like Tomb Raider, I've played every yeah. single one of them. Yeah, I yeah. do love them, but um, yeah, I mean, God of War, and I do like. I've played some Horizon Zero Dawn. Looking forward to the new one, but I won't be able to play that because of the COVID situation because i played it at my son's house on his mm-hmm. ps okay so yeah i played a bit but yeah out of all of them i think it has to be god of war that's a good choice assemble what what's what's the one sony ip that you think is is the absolute one um <clears throat> that you love the most if you have to i would have said uncharted as well because mm-hmm. of just how big that that story is yeah. over the cross of ps when did it originally come out? PS3, yeah, PS3, all the way until you know PS4. Um, if we're not going there, I I would say Spider-Man. Um, okay. For the we have the PS4 version updated to the PS5, and if you are a superhero fan or Spider-Man fan at all, that is an amazing game with many more to come down the pipe. So I think for longevity as well, you get that title that is already gorgeous and is phenomenal to play. Um, to see where that franchise will go and creating the franchise out of it along with Miles Morales. Yeah, I would go with Spider-Man. Okay, uh, just while we're on the topic, Luke, what's your favourite Sony IP then? Oh, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one, that flap. Uh, <laughs> um, Stop picking your children. Guess, Which one are you going to pick? Yeah, it is. I love all, <laughs> I love all my children. Um, uh, probably... It kind of changes, but I guess if you were to ask me, you know, seven times out of ten, it would either be uh, God of War or The Last of Us. Oh, Last of Us. Okay. Um, but but it depends on... But Spider-Man's well up there as well, because mm. it's just fantastic. But... I think I know what yours is going to be, Puxley, but... Um, yes, I think you do. I mean, I, I agree with everyone else on here, like, you know... If the, what games would I want a PlayStation 4? I mean, having a PS4, very fortunate enough for that. I mean, God of War I love, Uncharted I love, the Spider-Man games I love. Um, but yeah, for me, I would definitely 100% love to say I'd pick up a PlayStation 5 for Ratchet & Clank. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I, gonna say, I thought he was going to say Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, I got that wrong then. <laughs> well, I only, I, I'm only not saying that because, you know, there's no confirmed sequel or anything. If, in regards to answering the question of where would I get a PS5 for X title, I mean... I love Ghost of Tsushima. I've, I have it. I played it. It was 100% my game of 2020, without a doubt. Um, but no, in terms of what I'll get a PS5 for, just to answer that particular question, 100% Ratchet & Clank is my series that I really want to play first. They, they, Xbox really need a Ratchet & Clank um, competitor, don't they? Because I'm really excited by that game. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I've gone through like the, uh, like the Game Pass uh, platformer section, and I mean, there's a lot of really decent indie titles and 2D platformers on there, but Sometimes I want to play a 3D platformer, like a good one. <laughs> but they just don't exist in such great capacity. I think the, the, the best one that is on there, in my opinion at least, is the Super Lucky's Tale series. The original yep. and the yep. new upgraded one, which are great games. But there's just there's just not enough of them. No, we've got <laughs> Psychonauts coming. Psychonauts coming. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, well, you hope it is. We've been hearing about it for so long, but it's not yeah. really yet. I'm, I'm sure um, it's on its yeah, way. Yeah, Super Lucky Tales, I've played, and yeah, I love it. 
We do also have a, what's it, a Destroy All Humans remake. That's coming to Game Pass in the next week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to jumping on that as well, actually. Yeah, I never played the original. Is that any good? Oh, I love the original. Yeah, it's oh. fantastic. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I mean, it might not necessarily live up to today's standards, but at the time, I mean, mm. little 10-year-old me absolutely loved it. <laughs> excellent. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Well, we're caught up with the chat. Um, I think did uh, Ballman Gamers just, I think he posted in there saying that it's been confirmed that Bethesda are now going to hold their own E3 show um, at E3, obviously. So that's pretty cool. Um, is that much of a surprise to it's anyone? Always, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm guessing no. that's not much of a surprise. Do you think <laughs> no this is surprise. where we will see Starfield for the first time? Yes. I mean, they've and got to show something. Been polishing it. Yeah, they've been polishing it for about a year now. And it's going to be the end of this year, beginning of next, will be release. Hmm. It's interesting yeah, that. Do you think? Do you think they'll be pushing Deathloop as well? Much, <laughs> seeing as it's uh, on on PlayStation, it'll be interesting to see how they handle Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, but uh, I, uh, I don't know. They may. They may not. They might show. I mean, all this. Oh, it's Xbox against PS. That's absolute rubbish. Hmm. Xbox are fighting against Tencent and uh, yeah, Amazon Luna. Yeah. They, they're not bothered about PlayStation, really. I think Tencent yeah. are an interesting one. And then, funny enough, after the show in the green room last week, I was sort of saying, I, I, I don't know why, but I seem to have an inherent distrust of Tencent. Um, I don't know yes, why. They just too. seem they seem very anonymous, don't they? They're not it's personable. Dodgy. Yeah, very, um, very, not not uh, much information about them and who's running them. And Yeah, but have they done anything? And... Have they done anything to warrant that opinion? Because I, I can't think of a single thing they've done personally that I'm aware no. of to warrant my opinion just of them. Have an awful, <laughs> no, just an awful lot of money they're throwing hmm. about. And I believe that was the push for Bethesda as well, because. Uh, Xbox didn't want Tencent to have it. Um, I don't know. I, it's it's a very difficult situation because obviously I don't know them, and that's the problem because we don't know anything about them. Yeah, but they like seem so. to have plenty of money to throw about. So who is this Tencent? <laughs> who are they? Where they come from? Yeah, there's 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 what no <laughs> there's no public facing side of them as far as we see. I mean, obviously they're Chinese, no, so no. you know we may not see that yeah. side of them. I guess, but um, I mean, I've tried to search them. I've tried to look up about them, but there's not much out there at all, really. Yeah, I know they own King. I think it was King Games who make Candy Crush. You know, they, they they own a lot yeah. of stuff like that, don't they? But, yeah, so. I think they're more mobile based in that sense, but I think they're trying to branch out into. You know, PC console. I suppose I don't. I don't know that. That's the problem. That's we don't what know. Makes they feel dodgy to me. We don't know. We don't know their <laughs> end goal, after? do we? Exactly. <laughs> no. exactly. Are you after the mobile market? Are you mm. after console? I do. You want to? You know, that's what's so weird about it. We don't know because they don't put anything out. What mm. they're doing, why they're doing it, nothing. So it's a very difficult situation. But that's definitely those and uh, Luna is going to come up quite well, I think, because Amazon's also loaded. So um, yeah, no, that, absolutely. that's going to be a threat, I think. Um, but I do think that Xbox have got, got all the areas covered. I mean, we've got plenty of um, with the X Cloud. I think that's an amazing thing. If you get the Rishi as well, makes it mm. a whole lot better. I play PC, uh, play the odd PC game on my laptop. But uh, do you know about the ability to connect your controller to your laptop and directly to your Xbox? Yep, yep. With the share button. 
did a little piece on that on Xbox Ultimate because not a lot of people know that that you yeah, can, you can just, switch the between them. press you can switch between yeah, the two exactly. I think that's an amazing thing and I don't know why Xbox haven't pushed that except for the fact that the elite hasn't got it <laughs> so when the elite the next elite comes out maybe that's when they'll push it yeah, possibly. Like I say, I'm expecting an Elite Series 3 perhaps to be landing at yeah. E3 this year. But um, And then it'll well, have the share button, it'll have the the, um, the uh, sync button. It, you'll be able to do the same thing, I should think. By then. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's come to you to topic three, if that's okay, Assemble. Let's come to, do, do you play PC gaming at all? I don't. I'm actually... No, no do you? I, I've got... The, the PC could handle it. I just yeah. don't... Uh, I, I just play... I've been just on my console my whole life. And, I mean, the only times I'd play PC were way back when I am playing anything for Command & Conquer or any of the RTS games. So that's really when I had a little bit of Call of Duty on my PC. And I tried out a little bit of Warzone on my PC when I got my new my new one to see if it can handle it. So it's great. Uh, but, no, I've just been so traditional of sit on the couch, uh, play in the, on my console. All oh, right. Now, that's interesting. Do you play many console multiplayer games? Um, what would you say? What would be off the top of so, your head? I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm kind of well. I'm kind of thinking whether it's time that the console gamers got the same kind of graphical adjustments that mm. PC gamers get, because um, I think Halo is quite a good example where you can actually uh, have 120 frames a second on PC and adjust the field of view and things like that, which would give you know uh, you know a multiplayer gamers a slight advantage on pc and i'm just sort of thinking you know with the power of these new consoles perhaps it's time for us to to do away with that um the 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 disparity between the the different um gaming platforms as it were because you know i appreciate that consoles are predominantly you know one setting one size Mm -hmm. kind of fits all almost although they've had to change slightly because you know most games have a quality and performance mode nowadays but when you are playing multiplayer games and you think well actually particularly with you know cross-play games and I, I play things like rogue company and things like that there's definitely always a feeling that if if someone's playing on pc they've got an advantage and i obviously appreciate that a mouse and keyboard controller side of things is is the biggest advantage um although you can obviously plug a mouse and keyboard into your xbox one x and series x nowadays but um it just also seems that they sort of sometimes have graphical um advantages as well and i'm just wondering if this in this sort of generation whether we will actually see sort of those kind of settings come a little bit closer to pc on on these more powerful next-gen consoles is that something you'd like to see or is that something you're not completely not bothered about i would of course i would like to see it available but it gets to i think it gets to a point where how many options do you want to put out there for console players when the console experience is designed to be streamlined plug and play go um and on the pc side you know doing it at a a higher level you you have the understanding i think that you you can and you want to be able to adjust settings and adjust the hdr and adjust the frame rates and adjust all these things versus a console player again traditionally i think would want to just be able to turn on their game turn on halo and go and not have to worry about too much. Even with the latest updates that we've seen on on uh, Xbox side, where we just have the latest round of EA Play titles on Game Pass that so many of them, almost all of them, have 120 hertz 
are now being updated for that. And there was an, also another article that came out, I think it was either today or yesterday, talking about the AMD chips within the Series X that they might actually be getting unlocked so that they can increase performance. But to be able yeah. to change modes and to go and give it an option like we've seen with certain titles of like, hey, do you want to go from uh, 30, 60, 120? Do you want HDR on and off? It's going to be, it's, what are you able to output? I mean, great, but if I need the TV or I need the monitor that's capable of doing that, then I'm putting in even more cost. I don't know if they will. It's an interesting conversation because I think that on one hand for hardcore players, I would love the options to be able to turn, switch things on and off. I look at the frame rate adjusters. That's the smallest thing that we could change on most titles, even on PlayStation. We're going from 30 to 60 is mind-blowing for some games. Now, excuse me, if I look at the Sony side, being able to change 30 to 60 frames on Spider-Man and uh, Miles Morales was game-changing for me. Mm, Playing the absolutely. whole thing through at 30 frames and then switching it over and doing another playthrough in 60, it changed the experience for me. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. So I do love the ability to flip back and forth depending on what the game is to give me a more optimized experience. At the same time, I think that it's again it's tricky i would say at the same time that the developer and the people that are making the game are putting out a specific experience they want you to experience it a certain way um now on pc side that could be like we we ideally we want it at 120 frames or 4k and all of this and it's it blows your mind so but i don't think i guess the end of my argument would be and my point would be i don't think that xbox or consoles will go too far into the realm of giving players large amounts of freedom to adjust everything like you can on the PC side. And if we look at Xbox, I think Xbox would say, if gamers were all of a sudden upset that they couldn't adjust things on their Xbox, I think Xbox internally would go, then get a PC because you can play all of our titles over there. So if you really want to be able to have that, go over to the PC market and play our games. But that's um, the thing, I you know, that, it, it, if you've no. got a Series X sitting under your TV, though, you know, there's, there's nothing to stop you being able to do the same sort of thing. So so in my in my mind, I would envisage that there would still be a sort of, a, you know, I imagine going to the sort of the graphic settings and there would be a basic yeah. graphic settings and you can either choose between um, quality and performance like you have now. But I can also imagine a, a sort of a drop-down uh, menu where you can actually choose advanced um, and then you can actually yeah. start adjusting some of the, you know, FOV sliders and things like that. Um, and they are so close to your point. They are so close to it being a just a PC. Um, everything's in there. So I don't think it's it's not impossible. I just I don't know. I just look at I'm looking at the perspective of a more casual player or the family looking at getting consoles, how much they're going to take advantage of that for the hardcore fans and people that are wanting to get into the settings of it. I think they would love it. I think mm. they would really appreciate it. Yeah. Hmm, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I can tell you it's already there. The field of view change is in yep. Halo MCC. Yep. That's it's true. It's in a lot of games. And also the, um, the graphics where you can turn it on and off. You know, uh, I have an OLED and a, a Series X. And the difference between what I was playing on and that is phenomenal. I can't go back to 30. I won't <laughs> go back to 30. I've had no. the same experience. No. Games going to 60 or 120. Mm-hmm. I can't go back to 30. Can't. It's making it harder Absolutely. and harder now. You no, know what? I, Pux and I had this conversation the other day. It's really strange, isn't it? Because I played The Outer Worlds and really enjoyed it. it you know, it was a 
kind of a bit like Fallout New Vegas. It had that kind of feel to it. I really enjoy that kind of game and stuff. And mm. the the 60 frames a second patch came out not that long ago, a couple of months ago, I believe. And it it's like you said, it's an absolute game changer. And and I absolutely struggle to believe that I didn't even notice that the original game was in 30 frames a second, to be honest, because I, I genuinely mm. didn't. I was just playing it. And to be honest, it, it's a single player first person shooter. So it's not massively mm. critical. If it was multiplayer, then it would probably be a different matter altogether. But um, yeah, when the 60 frames per second patch landed for the Outer Worlds, it was like the scales had fallen from my eyes on that game. I mean, I've obviously played lots mm. of 60 frames a second games before, but that one in particular, was absolutely fantastic and like you say there is no going back um one thing i would say and perhaps we'll come to you next luke if that's okay is um you know lots of lots of games do offer a, a performance mode um but but they're still not hitting the target frame rates because you know they're they're, they're trying to do the shadows they're trying to do you know you, you can just you on pc you can actually adjust the dynamic resolution scaling and all sorts of things like that and like you say if if frames per second are your bag you know why as console gamers shouldn't we be allowed to, to make those you know incremental just adjustments i appreciate there is a a, a a huge chunk of people out there that just don't care and they would rather select performance or quality mode but there's also a lot of tinkerers out there would actually like to tailor their games is that something you think pc uh, sorry console gaming w- w- will actually end up with or, or do you think it will always be we're, we're stuck with kind of performance and quality mode um i think there will be a bit more of a divergence in terms of the options that are offered. And and you can see that on games like, um, well, the, the main game that actually sticks out is actually the one that uh, Assemble mentioned, which is, which is Spider-Man, uh, but specifically um, Miles Morales, where you have, well, now you have, you know, free modes uh, where you can select a 4K 30 ray traced version or a, uh, a, um, uh, 4k 60 fps non-ray traced version and then there's there's also a mode which is the rt uh, yeah the rt yeah. mode which is rt performance which is 1080p 60 with rt but notably the one thing that also does is it reduces some other elements of the fidelity on screen so stuff like um npc density and and, and those sorts of things um are reduced so that it can hit the target so so i think what you'll end up with is something like that um i don't think that um developers and publishers are really want to go going to want to go to the extra effort of putting in you know adjustment sliders for an audience that will not really make use of it um, is it extra you know, effort if it exists on PC though? I mean, obviously it's been ported over from PC to console, so that would probably exist at some point in the development process anyway. I guess wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it would. Yeah, but the the difference is, of course, that when you're coding for when when developers are making a game for a console, they're optimizing to the metal for that console. You know, it has a fixed spec. The reason, the whole reason you put, you know, that there are uh, tweaks on. Uh, you know all these list of laundry list of uh, options, graphical settings, etc. On PCs because you have such a huge spectrum of rigs that are going to be running the game mm. that people want to, and that audience in particular wants to be able to tweak their performance because for someone on a lower rig they might not care visually how the game looks but they want it to run as high a frame as possible. So obviously you need those options in there to enable that. Uh, likewise, you need those options so that some rigs can actually run the game in the first place because yeah. they you, they might not be able to do it if if you can't you know lower things down. 
And I think those options are a different thing from stuff like FOV slider, you know, which are more visual acuity features that we are seeing much more of in the console space. And that really should exist anyway, because field of view is something that is beneficial for a couple of reasons. One, because, you know, it allows you a bigger view of, uh, you know, the whole area of your screen mm. and the whole area of, of, of the play environment. But also some people get quite ill um, on lower FOVs or if FOVs are too close. So it's actually, you know, you can get motion sick. Mm. So yeah. that's an important one anyway. And, it, and it's a good one player. And the main area you see that coming in is first person shooters, because obviously by, by default, you have an, an arrow FOV than you would in say, you know, the Witcher, right. Where it's third person. Mm. So, um, so I think stuff like that should be, just become standard in in console games. I don't know whether it should be in third person action games, etc. Because I don't know, you know, usually you don't have the FOV problem. It's more first person shooters. Um, but I, I just can't see them starting to introduce, you know, oh well, <laughs> you get, you know, you get your PS5 and Series X, Resident Evil Nine. And if you want, you can bump up the anisotropic filtering and then drop that down because I don't, I don't really think console, you know, people on mass care about that. You know, I think what what people care about now, especially the new gen, is give us performance, right? Give mm. us an option. So if we want higher graphical fidelity, we can have it. If we want sixty FPS or or close or more, you can have it. Not, you know, I don't think people are particularly bothered on these platforms about. You know, what's your texture filtering like? What level of anti-aliasing can I have? You know, that's kind of yeah. not not particularly important to people. I think who are playing on console, it is on PC because you want as many t- tweaks as possible. And you know, for some people, you might just want to whack everything up to the full and see how hard your rig can go. And you know, it's mm. it's all it's kind of built into the culture of PC gaming. That's partly what it's about. Um, it's not that way on consoles. I just can't see it having that level of granularity but certainly increased um modes of resolution frame rate or like the spider-man example you know rt on rt performance rt off i can see all that happening hmm. for sure okay so, so some more fixed presets i guess so so yes. looper you know would you ever play around with the sliders if we had the sort of the scope that pc has or like you know would you prefer just the, the you know the, the presets i i love that xbox gives you the choice hmm. i do like the FOV slider because I do suffer from motion sickness. Um, I do like that. Um, um, the FPS boost is just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat it. I don't think we need to. I agree with Luke. We don't need to go deep into all that other stuff because the box is, as it comes, is absolutely great. So, and once the the devs get around the the DD. GDK and SDK tools, hmm. people are going to be amazed. They're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe how good this is. Um, we're not into next gen yet. When next gen releases, people are going to see the difference. That's a very interesting it's point. Yeah, we've still got the Fidelity FX engine to, to take hold yet. I mean, yeah. it's only just landed on developers' yeah. laps at the moment, I guess. Exactly. And I mean, I've played Sniper Elite 4 at 60 120 hertz Hmm. it's awesome the difference Hmm. is unbelievable i've also played titanfall and again you would not believe how awesome it looks that's one game i haven't sorry no go on i was just gonna say i have got an oled 
so it does make a massive difference but um even if you've just got a, a, a straight up 4k tv it just looks so amazing yeah oleds are fantastic and the one that i think i mentioned last week the one that really shows off oled tellies for me personally is uh, will of the wisps it just looks oh, sublime and obviously it runs yes, at 120 as well yeah. yeah 120 ori is just outstanding and yeah. like the cx oled that i have is it just the blacks are black and it's just so clear and i don't think i need any more I have the Series X, I have the OLED, and mm. that is enough to make a perfect gaming match. <laughs> it's just amazing. But I do like the fact that Xbox give you the choice to turn it off or turn it on. So that's amazing also that they haven't just said, well, you're going to do this. You know, you're going to have this. They, You can say, well, I don't actually want it, so I'll turn it off. But I can't understand any gamer, hardcore or anybody, that would want to turn off 60 FPS or drop the slider. No, absolutely. Well, I, I actually, um, we was Pucks and I were playing with um, uh, Matt Burns during the week, wasn't we? He was playing Battlefield Five, and I actually tried the um, FPS boost up to 120 frames a second. I got to be honest, I was really disappointed because it really dropped all of the graphic settings, which surprised yes. me. I, I I was under the impression it was just going to cheat the system somehow and run at 120 frames a second, but it looked really weird. So I actually went back yeah. to 60 frames, and it looks fantastic at that. But, um, yeah, I think Battlefield Four is apparently the better one. Yeah, uh, for that, but. Yeah, it does. It does affect the graphics. It really does. But, you know, you've got to make a choice. And I've had this discussion, shall we say, with a lot of people that FPS or graphics. And I know somebody, Flemish, mm -hmm. who only wants his graphics and doesn't care about FPS. I wow. don't get that. No, I, <laughs> I really don't get that. And we've had lots of discussions, shall we say, about it. Mm. Um, but he's stuck with his graphics and I'm more about FPS. So, you know, I don't mind it dropping slightly. I don't mind it being a little bit worse for graphics if I've got the 60 frames a second at least. The 120, like on, um, I think it's, what was that one I played at 120? Oh, Unravel, I think. Okay. And that that's made me sad because the graphics are brilliant. The uh the um 60 frames is brilliant, but um I wanted a I bought the second one because I played the first one. I bought the second one to play with a friend. Hmm. And I can't play it. I've got it sat there and I actually bought it because it was before EA went into yeah, play, yeah. went into um Game Pass, so I actually bought it to play with a friend and I can't. Because co-op only. Oh, I see. <laughs> Which I find ridiculous. Mm. I've never Why played any of the Unravels. <laughs> the Unravel is—it's a lovely game. It's a really mm. cool game. But it's—if um, you've played one, there's no point really, apart from a little bit of the story. It's pretty banned on story, but a little bit of the story and uh, that to play. It says Unravel two, two player. Mm. And you think. Oh, great. So I grabbed it and then find out I can't actually play it with anybody online. I can only play at couch co-op with COVID. That's impossible. And yeah. even without COVID, really, that's impossible for me. Nobody's around long enough to play a game of that length. 
So then I'm going through it single player again. What's the point? I wasted my money in my opinion. Oh, I've not tried that. I'll have to give that game a go because it does look quite it is a uh, cool quite game. Good. Yeah, no, that's cool. Pucks, good. you're a tech guy. It is would you would you ever tweak with the settings or or is console just the space that you just want to you know bung a disc in or download a game and just hit the start button and, and you haven't got to worry about any of that? Yeah, I've seen a few comments, uh, interesting comments in the chat about this, kind of going e- either each way, but um. I'm of the mindset that when it comes to consoles, I think, I mean, for the mo- I, uh, for the short answer is I think the box should just be the box. I'd love to just hit the start button and play mm-hmm. the game. And that's what I love about consoles. Even though I've been playing on PC for years and years and years, one thing I've always loved about consoles is the fact that I haven't got to bother with tweaking things to get things to run smoothly because, you know, you're almost, almost guaranteed to have the experience that was designed for you. Um, and I'd argue that the reason we have all these settings of PC even now probably stems back from the early 2000s when I think the, the whole concept of having a gaming rig was even a thing. Yeah. When all different companies were starting to make early versions of their own GPUs, there was no real standard yet. So, you know, and it was impossible, even now to a degree, but even worse back then, it was even more impossible to determine from a game developer point of view how well your game would run on one setup configuration to another. So... I mean, you could argue that's the reason why you have so many sliders and equally why PC games back, they were a lot cheaper than their console counterparts because you just could not guarantee that the game would run as the experience was designed to be to be played. Um, of course, that's just followed through as things are now. So if I'm playing a PC game, I do enjoy tweaking the settings, but mainly it's more, oh, what if I tweak this? You know, how does this affect my frames? Or, you know, or how do I want to play? Do I want to play... Uh, with like you know low polygon graphics or something but have super high frames or do i want to have super good graphics at 30 frames or even less depending on how hard you're trying to push the system but um no i'm very much of the mindset i think the box should be the box i appreciate that there are especially now you know we've got things like ray tracing which uh not everyone has the like the right tv equipment to support ray tracing and stuff like that so i think it's great that the settings are there to have the thing between performance and graphical um but yeah, I do think the box should be the box. And even, I also think there's a bit of a detriment to um, having too many settings. Because I think, especially if people aren't too familiar with what they're doing, everyone obviously has to learn somewhere. But it's very easy to get stuck in the rabbit hole of tweaking things. And then you're almost falsely telling yourself that something's different when actually it might not be. I think, with, you know, as any PC gamer might tell you, I think we've all been down that rabbit hole of you eventually have to stop yourself from tweaking things because. <laughs> You're, you're almost seeing the game differently at this point. You're not actually enjoying the game anymore. You're, it's like, oh, my game's only running at 61 frames rather than 62 now. Do you know what I mean? Like some, people mm. can, some people can get really specific about how they want their game to run. I'm, I'm talking, obviously, a few years ago regarding 60 being the maximum. Um, but there is a detriment. I mean, especially on the PC online gaming space, this is one of the negative things I think that crossplay has is that, yeah, especially larger games like Fortnite, for example, I think there's a lot of you know, top streamers and pro players that turn a lot of their graphical settings right down to the point that foliage completely disappears because you can see people better. But then equally on console, you can't do that. So you could argue outside of the whole keyboard and mouse argument versus controller, you know, you think, are you on console thinking you're hiding in a bush or a bit of grass somewhere and invisible to the naked eye, but someone else can see you because their grass doesn't render from that far away? It's because they've turned well, that, their settings right down is a massive detriment. So that's kind of where this this topic came from in my head because uh, certain games and, and Halo being one of them, you can actually filter by controller type. So 
Um, you know, even PC players that are playing with a controller, you know, you, you feel like you're not necessarily being cheated with that. But like you say, you know, there are other graphical settings that make a distance, uh, a difference, sorry. And, and I think in our heads, when we're talking about getting graphical advantages, you know, like you say, we normally consider about upping the graphics, but, but a lot of pros and other players actually on PC turn down their settings, like you say, so they, so they can see through foliage and grass and bushes and stuff like that. And it does, you know, in, in this world of uh, cross uh, cross play between different uh, platforms and stuff, it, it does seem a little unfair that one would have a, an advantage over the other like that. But perhaps, you know, that's just that's just how things are. Uh, and as, as console gamers, perhaps we're just going to have to live with that, I guess. Well, it's, it's similar to that. We've had conversations in private in the past about how, you know, if we if the game allows, we actually like to turn off cross-play because of, depending on the game, to be fair, but especially large, like if you're playing what, Warzone, for example, I think we've definitely been in situations where we used to play that in the past where mm. you know that you, you know, you shouldn't be able to be seen. But then when you watch the kill cam, you know, they're shooting you as if they can see you and you still can't see yourself and you kind of have to put it down to, oh, you know, they've put their graphics down and they can see me. And, you know, I've seen videos of people do it. It's It's ridiculous, but... It is a thing. I, I know there's a number of uh, newer games now, which, you know, even if you turn your settings right down, you know, there are the system requirement, the minimum system requirements to run the game are set as such that those things are enabled. You know, like there is a minimum level of foliage, which is on display because it kind of helps with the cheating aspect. But yeah, I, I think, you know, as you said before, you know, a lot of newer games now have, you can only match make with cross play if you're both using uh controller or equally even if you're on a console if you're using a keyboard and mouse you'll be paired with keyboard and mouse players which i think is definitely a, a right step a step in the right direction sorry but um so i got a bit off topic here but regarding console versus pc in in the space of toggling settings i i'm definitely in the camp of i just want to put the game in and not worry about stuff like that yeah, no, that's fair enough. And like I say, I always envisaged that there would be the presets, but for people that wanted to tweak, it would be interesting to see, you know, some of the, if you could squeeze some extra, because like I say, you know, it's all very well saying a game runs at 60 frames a second, but actually, is it running, is it actually running at 60 frames a second or is it running at 55 and 50 and 60 and, you know, those sort of things. And some of the purists who do like that, you know, that performance side of things may want to lower the shadows or, you like you say, you know, the anastropic filtering and stuff like that. It's but, interesting uh, thing about that, though, is that if I think if any, console or for most pc games um you know that are lock 60 or lock 120 i think you'll you'll always find in most cases that actually the game probably runs at about 58.7 or something mm-hmm. you know it, it's never quite a solid lock 60 i think everyone wants you to believe it, it does fluctuate a tiny bit but it's so minute that you, you know you just can't perceive it you know no, and, and to be honest, um, yeah, when you've got things like V-Sync and stuff like that, I guess it's becoming less less and less important when, when you know, as as people upgrade their TVs and you're able to do the sort of stuff like that, then, you know, the choppy frame rates will slowly become a thing of the past anyway, I guess. But uh, um, where are we with the chat? Yeah, I've got a free comment saved here. So I've got one here from Indie Gamer who says, having the options is awesome as not everyone places an emphasis of importance on the same thing. Uh, Boardman Gamer has said, I'm a console gamer, never been interested in PC gaming. I like to just be able to pick up and play a game, not having to check the specs of a game, see if it'll play on my PC. And one here from UK Dazarus who says, console should only need several options as it's ready to go in the box. 
Yeah, no because, fair point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I say, I think there are going to be more options, a little bit like Luke and Assemble said, you know, we've got ray tracing on and off, we've quality with ray tracing, quality without ray tracing, frame rate with ray, you know, all of those kind of things, I guess. But um, it's going to be interesting. And like we've discussed before, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle flight sim with this kind of thing, whether it is a frames per second mode and a, and a graphical quality mode. It's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that. But uh, fantastic. Well, that kind of concludes our topics for this evening panel and thank you very much for being here chat as always you've been absolutely amazing really really appreciate everyone's input and and, and listening to our show for two hours i do apologize for the the bumpy roads that we had particularly at the beginning and uh, one of these videos resized weird when tunic started up but uh, still learning the ropes with obs it's definitely a better platform but uh, thank you everyone for listening uh, lupa let's come to you first with, with closing out um thank you very much for being here like i say i do apologize for the for the confusion and the technical hitches earlier on, but um, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much indeed. It's very like, nice to be here. I love having good discussions about gaming, so I've loved it. Thank you very much indeed. No problem. Well, you're welcome back anytime. We'll keep your eye on your inbox. <laughs> we'll certainly get you <laughs> okay. back on the show. Assemble, okay, same for you. Thank you very much for being here, my friend. First time on the show. Hope you found it okay. Um, <clears throat> how was the experience? I enjoy it. It's great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to be able to finally talk to all of you and and talk Xbox and the latest news. But yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, hopefully, I can come back again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely enjoyed myself. Thank you for having me. Well, just give us a brief rundown of your channel, what we can expect to find there, and where we can find it. Yeah. So if everyone would like to, they can head over to YouTube.com/assembleshow, all one word, and uh, anything from. Well, latest in gaming news every single day of the week, as well as, you know, more specific coverage on some titles that I just enjoy playing, like looking at Marvel's Avengers and latest news. I'll have an episode out on that probably by tomorrow morning with those MCU skins that are <laughs> leaked, released. So I'll probably be talking about that with everybody tomorrow, um, as well as just going through some Marvel DC news and rumors that we always have going on. But yeah, if anybody would like to, it's youtube.com slash assemble show. Fantastic show. And like I say, I've, I've been uh, watching your channel grow pretty much since the beginning. And like I say, uh, sublime production levels and stuff. It's a fantastic show. I appreciate show. it. No, absolutely. You put a lot of time and effort in. You know, when you do YouTube channels, you know, you see you see the time and effort people put into their channels. And uh, it's fantastic. And thankfully, you're, you're getting the subs and the recognition that you deserve. So that's fantastic. Um, Luke, thank you for being here, my friend, part of the GPG crew. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, appreciate your your sort of legal expertise when it comes to certain matters, particularly around obviously things like contracts and stuff like that. So thank you for being here. Did you have a good one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're brilliant as as, as usual. Um, great topics. Um, you know, some good debate, and and you know, it's great being on with with Looper and Assemble as well. Really enjoyed that. So uh, yeah, as always, fantastic to be here excellent well we'll have to do some more shows we, we, we this there are some changes coming to gpg so keep your eye open for that we're not really uh, um, ready to announce any of that just yet even though i kind of technically have but so uh, yeah things things are afoot things are a changing so um hopefully we might start seeing some more shows as well during the week but like i say we'll uh we'll, we'll go into that nearer the time puxley my wingman thank you very much for being here my friend um how have you found tonight's topics Oh, really good. I really enjoy the chat. Always enjoy uh, talking games with the panel. Really great to have Assassin Looper and Assemble on as well. And as always, as you say, love having Luke on. 
Um, and I think you mentioned it halfway through the show, actually, that, uh, you know, yes, we're almost up to 800 subscribers, 792 at the moment. So thank you all in the chat and those watching after the live show for your support. We very much appreciate it. Um, I believe last week there was some issues with the Discord link in the description, but we, that was sorted last week. So if you'd like to join the Green Pass Gaming GPG crew Discord server, the link in the description should work. So by all means, please give it a click and uh, and continue the discussions after the show. We'd love to see you over there. Yeah, we have hearty discussions after the show. People post links and the latest news and stuff and we discuss those after the show uh, and during the week. And it's fantastic to see people's input. And, you know, I get a lot of my ideas for the topics and stuff. Some 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 topics are obvious. Others are a little, like I say, more left field. And it's great to see the chat that's going on. So uh, fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, panel. Thank you, chat. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this show. Um, we will be back next week with more topics. Hopefully, the, the the great gaming news will continue as it has been for quite a long time, particularly in the Xbox front, but also Sony seem to be up in their game lately as well, and it's always fantastic to see. So um, thank you, everyone, for watching, and we will see you on the next one.